First Kings chapter 21. And it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard which was in Jezreel hard or close by the palace of Ahab king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth saying, Give me thy vineyard that I may have it for a garden of herbs because it is near unto my house. And I'll give thee for it a better vineyard than it or if it seem good to thee, I'll give ye the worth of it in money. And Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid it. The Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my father unto thee. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid him down, the king laid down on his bed, turned his turned away his face and would eat no bread. Amen. I'll end there and then we'll pray the Lord will do the rest. I'm so grateful you're here. What a great day to be here. And I'm encouraging everyone to um, take time this month to pray and to fast and get in the word of God. I want to preach the word here tonight for a little while. I, I don't expect to labor long, but who knows? Uh, I, I never preach. I, I always know when I go too long. Uh, usually someone gets up and leaves. So I try to stay confined. Now, if you leave right now, it, it, it's not my fault. You had an emergency. So praise the Lord. Uh, I wanted an amen. I'll, I'll take a baby crying. We'll see. Everybody said in Jesus' name. I won't preach this word. The vineyard is not subjective. And the reason why I'm preaching this is because the Lord told me to preach it. I don't know how you... I don't, know, I don't know how you decipher that, but I know when the Lord speaks to me and the Lord spoke to me and I have to preach this word, the vineyard is not subjective. Amen. And I love all of you folks, even the people that are not Italian. I'm praying for you. Cornelius was the first Gentile brought in and he was of the Italian band. That's enough about that. But we are in together. We are in the vine. Grafted in the vine. We are grafted into the vine. We did not come from the vine. But we got into the vine. By virtue of the goodness of God. Wait a second. Paul said you were not a people but now you're a people. You didn't have anything but then God brought you into something. All right. Amen. We're going to get there. Everybody say amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. And when you're there, put your Bibles down behind you and clap to the Lord as a praise offering to God. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, let's clap it to the Lord because he's a good God. Oh, clap your hands because he's a good God. Yes. Yes. And with your voice said, you are a good God. You are a marvelous Savior. Hallelujah. 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 One summer, I don't know why, but I decided to memorize some uh, words in the dictionary. (laughs) I was 14 and didn't have anything to do. We didn't have a television. The best we could do is sneak down to grandma's house on Saturday. Sometimes we'd watch Chips, our little house in the prairie. And grandma liked to watch the Joker's Wild. The microphone was three feet. Never mind. I don't even think we can get where we need to be until we have at least a semblance of a definition. So I've asked uh, the media folks to put up the definition of subjective so that we can all have a working, at least some kind of working idea, working definition of subjective. So, little English class here is good for us. Uh, we need this, okay? Do you, thank you. Subjective. It's an adjective. Based on or influenced by personal feelings, taste, or opinions. For instance, his views are highly subjective. There's always the danger of making a subjective judgment because that's a personal thing. It's contrasted with objective, which would not be personal. Here's another defining point. Dependent on the mind or on an individual's perception of its existence. So if something is subjected, subjective, it means that's personal. You have an opinion about that. If it's objective, it means you don't have an opinion about it or you have refrained from the opinion. So if something is subjective, it might mean that you think that something is wonderful, but it's not a fact. Or something is terrible, but it's not a fact. Or maybe you like a particular type of food and you think it's the greatest, but it's a subjective thing. It's a subjective taste. It's built upon your idea. Or maybe you think a particular uh, style of clothing is, is the best. And you wear it. And you expect other people to like it. But it might be subjective. Or maybe you like it. In fact, maybe you're the only one who likes it. <laughs> but it's subjective and you, you enjoy it. You love it. That's subjective. But I want to tell everybody here tonight, the vineyard is not subjective. I'll offer the results from my most unscientific survey. In fact, even my pool is not very large. But I have confidence in my conclusion. Here it is. As little as 70 years ago when information took longer to travel and the world seemed so much larger... 
people of all ages knew the names and places of important people and locations. They knew something about their present day and they were more keenly aware of their history. Today it's very difficult. People know very little about today and even less about yesterday. Even though this seems to be the information age, it's not always healthy information, nor is it information that's needful. There once was a day when people knew names. And we've lost names. We don't know all the names of people. In fact, just looking back and remembering, there were, there were names that were relevant. We've lost a lot of those names. There was a group. There, was, there were groups. There was artists and, and, and profound speakers and presidents and congresspeople and business owners and inventors. There was a group once called the Rat Pack. There were five guys in the Rat Pack. Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., Joey Bishop, Dean Martin, and Peter Lawford were in the Rat Pack. Those names are almost gone. No one really even knows what that is. There was a moment when Ernest Hemingway wrote a book. It was called For Whom the Bells Toll. It was a popular book. Everybody knew it. And Cassius Clay was the original name of Muhammad Ali. The year I was born, most people made just a little over $7,000 a year. <laughs> Total, complete. And the year I was born, Elvis married Priscilla. And the year I was born, the waterbed was designed by a student that attended San Francisco State University. People died there. And most of what I just said really don't matter. But I offer these things just to say that time and distance often strips us from what we think are important. And to make matters more challenging, revisionists seem to adjust history as they see fit. And they rewrite history to fit into a current narrative. And in the end, the massive information and names and details of the current clog up the most important names and things in our life. That's why tonight I'm compelled to present to you one of the Bible's most important people of all time. I want everyone to remember his name. You can't forget his name. His name is, a, his name is Naboth. It's a popular name, Naboth. Everybody say it, Naboth. I was talking to a young person not too long ago and I said, have you ever heard of Naboth? They said, no. And I said, we've got to learn about Naboth. Everyone say Naboth. His name, Naboth. Naboth is his name. I couldn't find Naboth anywhere on the list of last year's most popular baby names. Naboth did not even make it in the top 100. But I did find Someone who writes the meaning of names. I looked up my name. It said, a man of 
peace. That's a lie. <laughs> they wrote the name Naboth is, and I, I'm reading, the biblical names, in biblical names, the meaning Naboth is words or prophecies. Numerology, they said it's number six. Harmony, it means harmony and balanced lives. Responds to beautiful thing. There's a little category that said people with this name have a deep inner need for quiet. Desire to understand and analyze the world they live in. To learn the deeper truth. And for certain, whoever wrote this description of the name Naboth has probably never left their house. They have a lot of cats and they wear footy pajamas and they have shag carpet. I know, something like that. Because they also wrote about Jezebel, how she's, this name means exploring the world and want to become in harmony with the world. There's a few names you ought not name your children. Delilah, Jezebel, Judas. <laughs> you need to know about Naboth, ladies and gentlemen. Because Naboth was a great pioneer. More than you would ever know. In fact, the profundity of his life is as high as any man could ever reach. Naboth lived in a time when Israel was ruled by a wicked king and queen. In fact, in that particular time, even the king probably wasn't the king only in king, only in name only. It was a true matriarchal system because Jezebel used fear and manipulation to rule the people. She lorded over everybody. Imagine it for a moment. The kingdom is in full operation. An army exists. Defenses have been met. Prophets of God are present, but so are the prophets of Baal, and the groves are there. It's a time of great light and a time of great darkness when Naboth lived. And when I see the Bible, it seems so similar to our own hour. There are so many good things to see, and at the same time, so much degradation. The order is being manipulated, and yet God has opened the sky for the supernatural. That was Naboth's time. Naboth's name is barely mentioned in the scripture only 22 times, and most of it in one singular chapter, 19 verses in all. Naboth lives near the palace of King Ahab in Samaria, and I suppose that because of their close location, it was easy for the king to wake up and see this beautiful vineyard on a regular basis. He looked at it and he loved it. He saw how Naboth was careful with the vineyard. There's something about this vineyard that caught the eye of the king. He lusted after it and he wanted it. And Ahab said to Naboth, if you let me have it, I'll give you a better vineyard. In fact, the word says, I'll give you a better vineyard or if you prefer, I'll pay you whatever it is worth. Think of that. Whatever, Naboth, you think that this property is worth, I'll pay it. That means Naboth could have set his own price for the vineyard. He had it in his hand to do with the vineyard what he wanted to do on the surface to the casual reader. It really does appear that the vineyard was his, either to keep or to dispense. And from the viewpoint of Ahab, who was a very wicked king, that was exactly what the king assumed, that the property was in the control of Naboth. 
They have assumed that the vineyard was something that could be sold or bought or given or exchanged, juggled around. That's why Ahab said, I have a better property. I I can give you a large piece of property, even another vineyard if you want more money. Money, name your price. Come on, Naboth, let's just do this thing. Name your price and I'll pay you for it. Ahab does not understand. And the reason why he can't understand Naboth's reply is because Ahab is carnal. The king is carnal. He's temporal. He doesn't grasp the value of the vineyard. He knows the price, but he doesn't know the value. He can put a price tag on it, but he doesn't understand worth and value. He knows about an exchange, but he cannot comprehend that some things cannot be measured. And most of all, Ahab thinks that the vineyard, think of this now, Ahab believes that the vineyard belongs to Naboth. But I submit that within the reply of Naboth himself is the revelation that in fact Naboth did not see it that way. In fact, I I submit that Naboth considered it, that vineyard, greater than a piece of property to be exchanged or to be sold. Naboth said, the Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance of my fathers. Naboth did not consider the thing an option. This was... Something that he could not trade or sold. It was more than grapes and vines. It was more than soil and leaves and fences and plants. Because the vineyard is not subjective. Nahab didn't understand that. Naboth was caring for it. He was there every day. He was, he was in that place. He was there for it. He was meant for it. It was not meant for just him. It served him as long as he served it. It provided for him as long as he kept it. But it was before him and he knew that it was going to be after him. It was greater than him. The vineyard was beyond him. Naboth was defined by the vineyard. All that believed, all that he believed himself to be was wrapped up in the vineyard. Someone worked that vineyard, nurtured it long before he arrived. Labor was put into that place long before he was born. And I tell you that the height of arrogance would have been for Naboth to think that it it was in his power to trade it or to sell it or to deal with it. The height of arrogance would have been for Naboth to say, well, yeah, I can do whatever I want to with it. It looks, it's mine. I, I've been working on this. I can do whatever I want. I can, let me just see what you have. Let me, let's barter a little bit. That would have been arrogance for him to think I can give it away or I can sell it away. Because the vineyard did not really belong to him. And I tell you that the height of this arrogance has afflicted so many people and while Ahab is over there he's denied and he goes to his bed he's sulking cocooned in his own carnal state of mind and Naboth has replied not just no but think what Naboth did he replied in a spiritual way by saying that the Lord forbid that I give it away Ahab thinks it's no big deal while Naboth ties the vineyard to the Lord and to his fathers he makes it a spiritual thing he makes it a godly thing the vineyard is not subjective. It's based on it's not based on personal feelings or opinions. It's not a matter of individual perception or some private idea. No, that vineyard that he had, it belonged to his fathers, and it was it was born out of out of out of pain and commitment. And he said, God would forbid that I would ever sell this thing. This is what I received. In fact, 
when he said this is my inheritance, it implies that the inheritance will go on. It, it doesn't mean that it would stop with him. It means that whatever he has as children, this is what he's going to pass down. I received it. It's temporarily mine, and now I'm going to give it to someone else. The vineyard was established, ladies and gentlemen. Hear me, young people. Hear me, all the millennials. The vineyard was established before Naboth was born. It was crafted by careful hands. It was built up and then it was passed to him. Its value was greater than just the vine where grapes hung. It was his inheritance. Naboth said no. He rejected the, the presumed highest authority in the land because he knew this vineyard is not just a piece of property. It's bigger than me. It's greater than me. I received it from somebody else. And I, I am compelled to pass it along. There cannot be an interruption in this vineyard. This vineyard doesn't belong to the king. You can't buy it with money. You can't exchange it for anything else. Because this vineyard was long before I got here. And my instincts tell me that he must have known his rejection would not go over very well. And in the end, Jezebel set him up at a special dinner and they stoned Naboth because he would not give up the vineyard. Naboth would rather give up his own life than sell his inheritance. Think of it. Death, maybe. But I'm not, I'm not selling what has been given to me you can kill me but i will not give up the vineyard you'll have to pry it from my cold dead hands and that's exactly what they did because naboth would rather die than to make a deal with the devil mm -hmm. and in our day right now where we're living death isn't even in our line of sight convenience maybe worldly pressures maybe relationships maybe some post or text or someone mocking our convictions maybe and i wonder when will we resolve the fact that the doctrine and what we've been given is without rebuttal it is not subjective i rise to tell everybody something has been handed down to us it is not based upon my opinion or your opinion we have an inheritance in our hand it cannot be for sale you ought not trade it you ought not give it away there's nothing better than what you have it is the apostolic doctrine I want you to remember Naboth I want you to repeat his name I want you to think about Naboth because Naboth was given something and he knew this is a spiritual thing hear me if the doctrine is not spiritual I don't know what is spiritual I'll tell you what's spiritual the apostolic doctrine Jesus gave it to the apostles the apostles taught the early church and the early church gave it to us it is higher than us it's greater than us you are not allowed to trade it you cannot change it you cannot validate it you can't take anything away from it you can't add to it you cannot dismiss it here's the bible here's the book of acts acts 3 the lame man walked acts 3 he got up he said they said silver and gold have we none peter said but such as we have give i unto thee in the name of jesus christ of nazareth rise up and walk and he walked and, and leaped and jumped and ran into the temple and they were all disturbed about it 
Here's verse 13 of Acts 4. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it because the world cannot refute or rebut a healed life. You can have, everyone can mock everything we do, but when someone comes out of all kinds of addictions and their marriage is on the ropes and their children are messed up and they come and they're healed, nobody can say anything against it. Oh, yeah. They beheld the man healing and they could say nothing. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do with these men, Peter and John? For that indeed a notable miracle has been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. We'd like to deny it, but we can't deny it. But that is spread no further among the people. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John, here's your answer ladies and gentlemen here's your answer young people Peter and John they said unto them whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than a God unto God than judge ye here's the, here's the word for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard I, I don't apologize but I just say it casually so sorry if you don't agree with the Bible doctrine I cannot but speak the things which I have seen and heard I cannot but tell you the truth and the word of God it's not based upon my feeling or my subjective thought. The vineyard is the doctrine of Jesus Christ. And the church belongs to the Lord. It is the identity of the Lordship of of Jesus Christ and it's not for sale. Hear me. The gospel is not for sale. The death, burial, resurrection cannot be traded. It is not contingent upon my approval. It is true. It is always going to be true. I feel a holy boldness just come over me because I know not everybody's going to accept it. But just because people we love and people we want, they reject the doctrine does not mean that we have to adjust the doctrine just to get them to like us. We don't have to grow the church by diluting the doctrine. That's not how the church grows. It's not mine to change. I hope that you stay in the church. I hope you never backslide. But I promise you this. I'm not going to change the gospel just to keep you involved in the church. There's only one truth. There's only one Lord. There's only one faith. It's not up to me. I cannot but speak the things which I've seen and heard. I ask you, how am I going to refute all the powerful miracles and the baptism of the Holy Ghost? How do I say, how do I explain away when little Samantha Schweitzer spoke in tongues and she was completely deaf, but she talked in tongues like a normal, like she could hear all of her life. I will never be able to change that. Let me just say something. I love people. I want everybody to come to church. I want you to be saved. If you get offended and you leave new life, for goodness sake, at least go to a church that preaches the same doctrine. I hope you can stay. But if you're going to make it to heaven, you got to start working out your own salvation with some fear and some trembling. And you ought to get to God and say, i got to find the truth. Mm. Naboth did not give up the vineyard ladies and gentlemen because he didn't think it belonged to him 
wasn't based on his opinion. It was a God thing and it was an inheritance. I'll tell you where we are. This is a God thing and this is our inheritance. It's a God. I'm not trying to be morbid. I hope I live a long time, but I've got a nice insurance policy. I won't enjoy it. I renewed my insurance policy many years ago when we lived on Hudson. We had a slate roof. Tammy kept saying, get up there. I want lights all over for Christmas. I said, it is sleeting. She said, you can do it. You don't want to walk on a slate roof during the ice storm. Your wife doesn't want you up there unless you have a handsome life insurance policy. Trend. I don't think I'm dying. I'll tell you right now, whether I live or die, this thing is bigger than any personality. I don't control the church. I didn't create the doctrine. I can't change it to fit your liking. It's the word. It's bigger than me. I cannot but preach the things that I've seen and heard. Hear me. Shall we filter out truth to make it more convenient? Shall biblical sanctification be adjusted so that we appear more congruent with our current philosophical cycle? I say no. We've been given something. It's true. It's divine. It's right. Here's the Bible. To wit, God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespass to them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. And now then we are ambassadors of Christ. God was in Christ. And here's the Bible. Whatever you do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. If you're going to pray, you pray in Jesus' name. If you're going to pray for your food, you pray it in Jesus' name. If you're going to marry somebody, you marry them in Jesus' name. If you're going to bury somebody, you bury Bury them in Jesus' name. If you're going to dedicate your house, your car, your dog, or your horse, you do it in Jesus' name. And if you're going to baptize anybody, you do it in the only way they baptize in the name. And whatever, in word or in deed, you all, it's not subjective. Let me just tell you about adjustments that keep being made. And every time I hear adjustments, I realize they're selling part of the vineyard. So now we have a group of Pentecostal preachers who don't want to offend anybody. So this is what they say. Well, we'll just baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, which is Jesus. They add the other part to make it more convenient for everyone. I'm going to tell you what. I'm not making it more convenient. Peter never said that. Paul never said that. John never said that. Philip never said that. They said there's only one name. Whatever I do in word or in deed, I'm doing it in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is a vineyard you cannot change the vineyard it's not subjective hey now why would we change it because of relationships we're going to adjust for relationships sake hear me young men no girl is worth losing the doctrine over hear me ladies there's not a man in this world that's worth losing your inheritance over. No men, men smell. They stink. They take work. 
fact, if you get married, you have to raise them for the first several years of their of your marriage until they finally catch up with you. And by the time they do, I've got a witness already in the house, praise God. By the time they catch up to you, you're already past that. Hear me, men. No woman, no young lady is worth losing your doctrine and your faith over. Don't resign yourself to say, well, I got to find somebody. No, you don't. You found the only one that will ever matter. Don't give up your inheritance. Let me just talk about offenses. Jesus said, offenses shall come. And the next line, I'd like him to say, and I'm so sorry about it. He didn't say that. He said, in this world, you're going to be offended. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. That's not what I wanted to hear. I wanted him to sympathize with me. He did not. He said, offenses are going to come. Hear me. If you leave the doctrine and the vineyard every time you're offended, there'd be nobody left in the vineyard. If I left the church and stopped being the pastor every time I was offended, I'd have been gone the first month I was here. I'll tell you what I decided. I decided I'm going to be offended, but he overcame the world. And I'm not giving up the vineyard just because I got my feelings hurt. Or I got wounded or I got cut. Hear me? It's not subjective. You can't change it. <laughs> See, this is, it's been, it's been getting at me. It's been, I, I, I've, there's a commandment in the Bible. I can't get away from the commandment. It comes from the book of Hebrews chapter 12. And it says, follow peace with all men. And, and if, it, if it ended right there, I think we'd be okay. We could probably try to figure that out. Although that's a, that's a daunting task to follow peace with all men. It's, it's very difficult to follow peace. Men and peace don't really go together. In fact, the words are almost oxymorons. And the more moron you got in the first one, the less peace you got in the second one. Uh huh. I'm preaching now. Uh-huh. He didn't leave it there. And then he said, and holiness. I got to follow it. I got to pursue it. I got to think about it. I got to be clean inside and outside. I've got to worry about the heart and I go to worry about the eyes. I got to worry about what's on my face and I got to worry about what's in my hand. I got to follow peace and holiness because if I don't, I won't see the Lord. That's just the Bible. That's the Bible. Let me just tell you what Brother Foster told us at morning manna after he read the scripture. He said, whew, I got that off my shoulders. All the morning manna people, can I have a witness? All the morning manna students, what, 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 the, what the elder said to us today. He read the scripture and said, now you're responsible for it. I'll tell you what, you cannot give up the scripture or the doctrine or the church. And just for everyone's sake, it doesn't really matter how bad I feel. Praise was never contingent upon my good day or my bad day or my week. My worship was never contingent on whether I got what I wanted or I had money or I had energy. He just said, praise the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. 
thanks was never contingent upon what day I was having. But the Bible says, in all things give thanks, for this is the will of God. Here's the Bible. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Whether good or bad, high or low, whether you like it or don't like it. This is the day the Lord hath made. You don't get to mess with those nine words. This is the day the Lord hath made. Everybody who has loss, this is the day the Lord hath made. Everybody who has gain, this is the day that the Lord hath made. Everybody who's feeling good, this is the day that the Lord hath made. Everybody who's in the moly grubs, this is the day that the Lord hath made. Did you get fired yesterday? Are you going to be fired tomorrow? This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let me tell you what you're in control of. I will rejoice and be glad in it. He gets the first part, I get the second. That's the word of God. So whether you feel like dancing, you ought to dance because the Lord said, the Bible said, dance unto the Lord. And whether you feel like clapping or not, the Bible said, oh, clap your hands. And whether you feel like praising, the Bible said, shout unto God with a great voice, like the voice of triumph. The Bible is not contingent upon what you think. The Bible is true. Come on, do that one more time. Naboth has a vineyard, ladies and gentlemen. Naboth has a vineyard. Keep standing. Naboth has a vineyard. It's the vineyard of Naboth, but it's not just his vineyard. It belongs to somebody else. It belonged to his children, and it belongs to me, and it belongs to my children, and it belongs to their children. And Peter said it like this. As many as the Lord our God shall call. The promise is unto you. It's to your children, to your children's children. See, when my father found the Holy Ghost, he walked in to see Walter Gwynn. You don't know that name either. A powerful man of God. Six foot four, powerful, broad shoulders, Walter Gwynn preaching. And his family, the McFarlands, and they were preaching the word of God. And then he saw his Brother Walter Gwynn's son, Eddie Gwynn, get up and take the church. Powerful men of God. And it was an inheritance and they gave it over to my father. And my father said, I'll buy that and I'll work in that vineyard. And then when he had us, he said, I'm giving it to you kids. Now you work in it. And now I'm giving it to my children. And it's going to keep going on and on because it's bigger than all of us. It's greater than all of us. Before we delve into personality and charisma and, and all kinds of idolization, we need to know that we have a vineyard of something precious and it will live beyond us if we don't take care of it. It's not built upon a man's name. It's not built upon a man's ideas or talents or abilities. Even New Life Fellowship is not built upon anything but the Lord himself. Because it's not by might, not by power, but by thy spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. 
And I stand here to preach about Naboth because I want you to remember Naboth, Naboth, Naboth. Naboth had a vineyard. Naboth didn't sell his vineyard. Naboth wouldn't trade it away. Naboth would not trade. He wouldn't trade his vineyard away for all the acclaim of the world. Naboth wasn't going to give his vineyard away for all the things, even if the high society would have ushered him, him in. And I say to everybody, don't give away your apostolic heritage. Even if you weren't born into it, my father wasn't born into it, just get in the church and the vineyard and work it and love it and memorize the word and don't ever let it go. One of the dear saints told me this today again. I've heard it so many times, the same old story about a family. They said, we, didn't, we really don't want you to go to church. And a relative just had a drug overdose. And they would rather them be in that same vein than to have religion. I'm going to tell you, love your family. Pray for your family. If they're lost, pray for them. But don't ever follow your family. If they don't love the Lord, you can love them and not follow them. Love them, pray for them, but don't go, don't give up the vineyard because they don't want it. <laughs> call, call their name out in prayer, but don't ever sacrifice or make concessions with the vineyard. This is the most precious thing you'll ever have in your life. Here, here, pastor, nothing ever will be better than this right here. Nothing. Nothing ever will be better than this word right here. Hear me, young people. Nothing will ever be greater. No job or career. I want you to make good money. But don't go to a place so remote that there's no church that preaches the truth. Don't go there just to make a couple more bucks. I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's just a little bit of a throwback, but I do feel to say it and I'm, I'm not feeling old. I'm just saying that the Lord is coming back soon. You ought to make your calling and election sure. You ought to make sure that you are loving the word of God and having a walk with Jesus Christ. And don't ever give that up. Naboth is not in the hall of faith but I wish they'd have put his name in there I, I kind of feel like when it said in more they couldn't mention all of them I, I almost feel like maybe Naboth is somewhere in that pool of people who wouldn't sacrifice, wouldn't give up wouldn't trade away the beauty of his life to a wicked world he'd die for it I want you to know his name if he walked in this house, he'd put us all to shame. I'd have to hang my head to the stature of a great man who was stoned. He'd rather be stoned. I pray right now in Jesus' name for all the people. I pray for all the young people, all the folks that are on the edge and they're wavering, they're struggling. And they've come here tonight. They, they love you, Lord, but they've had questions in their mind whether to stay or leave or accept it or deny it. They've got a lot of voices pulling them. I pray right now, help us to love the doctrine and the word and the worship and the 
church and the things of God, the kingdom. Let the kingdom be alive in us. Oh, God, I pray it. I pray it in Jesus' name. asking you parents if you can't pass down the doctrine what do you think is going to be worth giving your children not a car or a house there's no amount of money that's going to take take the place of the apostolic truth that you found in the word of God the one thing that's ever going to this ever will ever really matter is that you give them something that cannot be stolen or taken away it will never lose its value and I'm reaching for all of you tonight Right now, we're going to do something. We're going to put the high value mark. It can't be sold. Our faith can't be bought. We're not trading it. Come on, just lift up your hands and just make the proclamation to God and to yourself. (laughs) Whatever it costs to keep it, I'm going to keep it. I'm not going to give it up. I'm not trading it in. Come on now, I'm not trading it in.
I'm not trading this. I found something. I'm not trading it. I found something. I, I can't trade it. I found it. I can't adjust it. <laughs> 